What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chrissy Chaos. Okay, today it's going to be a wild one. My guest, okay, I'll tell you a couple of things about my guest. Yes, you know him from comedy specials, movies, TV shows, but what you may not know and what you will find out here today and will be explained is this man lost his virginity to a prostitute in Mexico when he was 15. 13. 13. This, even worse, this man, <laughs> father, owned a junkyard where the background of his comedy special was performed in front of fathers also gay. This man <laughs> grew up in India at certain times of his life. This man is secretly a real estate mogul yeah. and also secretly, potentially, a Russian agent Why I'm wearing the USA jacket. <laughs> it's Mr. Dove Davidoff, yes, folks. Sir. Yes, sir. Did I miss yes, anything? Sir. Was that accurate? Yeah, overall, I mean, the India thing was a commune. I stayed there for a little while. I didn't live there in any, you know, I can't. Well, if you're a commune, I mean, yeah, no, 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 they were staying on a, yeah, 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 yeah. Whole, it was, a, it was like a cult commune thing. Because well, your mom, right? Your mom yeah, was my in a cult. mother, but mostly they had, they were upstate. They had land upstate where they would go. They were convinced that the apocalypse was inevitable and that there would be some sort of force. That would do you feel growing up as a child like did do you yeah. now as an adult I meant to say have like these yeah. feelings of like apocalypse can happen anytime nah. did, no not at all and if it does it does you know what I mean my beef with their operation wasn't that they wanted to create an organization that 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 had higher ideals like some communes I'm okay with that it was the logistics they were four hours north of New York City and what if the bombs drop most of them lived in Manhattan right. So if the bombs drop in their mind, they were going to make it out of the fucking Holland Tunnel. <laughs> yeah. You can't get out of this town after a Knicks game, let alone yeah. a nuclear war. Yeah. So that was my beef with the fucking commune. With the commune. Yeah. So, so wait a second. So, so, well, two questions. One, did you actually enjoy growing up being the son of someone in a cult? No, man. It was, a, it was real strange. I grew up in a junkyard in Jersey, a provincial landscape, you know, as you know, growing up in Brooklyn. It's like, you couldn't tell anybody that. No. I couldn't explain that to anybody. I can barely explain it now. I've never even written jokes about it because it requires so much context. I can't. Well, let me ask you, what do you think to growing up in New Jersey? As I, I you know, I know yeah. that I grew up in Brooklyn, New Jersey, very similar for the people. Well, in some working class ways, you know, there's kids that grew up in. In you know, in the Heights in Brooklyn, and it's 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 like growing up in Beverly Hills for some kids. So it's, it's, it's all relative. But for you, it's an yeah, it's a working class, working class people, environment. Yeah. and it's an interesting situation because you're like, well, what am I going to tell? Am I going to tell them my mother's in a cult or my dad's gay? Coin flip. Yeah. Which do you think it. was the would be the easier conversation with you know Johnny Junkyard Johnny from you Jersey? Can't, you can't you can't have a conversation about either one. And so I think that's how you sometimes get into comedy. You've got to reconcile yes. things. But with these kids, the thing about kids is they'll take advantage of that which they can take advantage of. Sure. And then if you hit one of them in the face, they're less likely to take advantage later on. This and is so, what I do with, with Pimp and Venetia yeah. here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, but I learned that early on. It's yeah. like you're not gonna, nobody's going to fight. Most people are not well, going to. Well, it's you they bring that up because, because, and I think that's the thing. Is because, yeah. you know, 
when I started to, because you know, I've always been, you know, you know, we've spoken a lot. I've always, you know, yeah. l- l- looked up to you for for reasons even outside of comedy, and we'll get to those things. But I was always saying, like, you know, because I, you know, you have such a passionate love of boxing. You're a good boxer, and I've seen you. I'm not shadow. so good. I'm okay. I'm okay. But but yeah, better yeah. than the average person. Yeah. And, yeah, I, yeah, and yeah. I always thought. I wonder where because my love of boxing and wanting yeah. to do boxing came later in life. Yeah. But everybody who I know. Yeah. You know, my friend Sergio Chacon, a couple yeah. of my other friends, Pete, back home, they yeah. all kind of grew up in situations yeah. that almost boxing was a thing that they needed for their, I don't want to say yeah. survival, that might be a little extreme in some situations, yeah. but they, I did not, I found no reason to have to use my hands in my childhood where yeah. the pe- people that I know have done it young yeah. did. And I was like, wow, yeah. Dove, I, it, I wonder where that came from. And then I look into your history a little bit, I'm like, yeah. ah, I yeah. see Colts. Junkyards, <laughs> you know, <laughs> prostitutes, <laughs> India. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. that's you're gonna grow up throwing yeah. some hands, and yeah, a little bit. So and so, you know, with with you, I think, you know, do you feel like because it's fascinating to yeah. look back at someone who has a childhood like you and a life like yeah, you, yeah. but do you re- like your childhood, or do you re- do you think when you look back, you're like, I did not have a good childhood? Look, man, these are fucking multi-layered paradoxical considerations you know yes this is why this is chrissy chaos this is what we do on a weekly basis <laughs> what we, do. Yeah. we do this we do this weekly baby. this is why yeah. i texted you yesterday is, there, is everything can i ask anything yeah no no <laughs> no that's what makes it interesting i mean it's um i don't know like anybody's childhood i guess sometimes people look at it fondly you know but mm-hmm. but no no it was a relative struggle <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I'm not that fond of it. Right. Well, because, and I would assume yeah. financially, if mom's in a cult, dad's owns a junkyard, it's not, the money is not, you didn't grow up relatively no, wealthy. No, my father started to make money. My father oh, he was did. a okay. hustler. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, I mean, the funny thing about him banging guys was that he was such a guy's guy, mm. but then he ran people in a junkyard. I mean, that's a rough environment. Everybody had felonies, you know. I mean, sure. it, it, people don't work uh, in a uh, junkyard because they came out of Stanford MBA programs. And so, right. When my father had to deal with these people, I mean, although, you know, admittedly, banging guys is relatively gay, so I'm not denying that. I think it's a gayest um, thing you can do, it's, it, it, according <laughs> to the book. It's up there. <laughs> it's up there. It's up there. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's like, I don't know, growing up in an environment like that, yeah, it's, it's just strange. Yes. Because you don't know how to reconcile it as a kid. Yes. You're looking around, and you don't see anything that you can really relate to. Do you feel too, you know, like you when know. you find out your dad's gay, I would yeah. imagine, I could be wrong, there yeah. has to be something like, is that in me as well? Do you ever think well, yeah, about that? Later, later on, I mean, I didn't find out till it was a little later. It was a little later. He was dying. AIDS. <laughs> no, really. He died of AIDS. Died of AIDS. Add that to the list, please, as another fascinating thing. <laughs> yes. Can I redo the intro? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, but I didn't find out till later. It wasn't like he was he was open. You know what I mean? Got like it. He was with a woman. He was, you know, he banged broads as well. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, had fun. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. So, no, later on. Nah, it's not that neurotic, you know. Did, did nah. the gay homosexuality stuff with your dad come out yeah. when the cause of death was revealed as AIDS? Were you like, did did he get that from the junkyard? He didn't or? just come out and say it was AIDS. He said he was sick. He wouldn't admit to me, you know, that he was sure. wasn't well. And and then um, you know, some you put it together a little bit later in life, you know. You oh really? You started to actually put. I didn't know as a kid, you know. Right. I didn't know until I was nineteen, twenty, twenty something like did that. Did your mom uh no? 
Yeah, she told me. But they, they had been divorced for a long time. But yeah, she said that that's what was going on, that kind of thing. That's why you she know. divorced him. Nah, I think they got divorced for any number of other reasons. They had no business being married. They continued to live in the same house on different floors from one another for the following 10 years after the divorce while she was on a wrapped up in this commune. He's in a junkyard. It was a, it was a very odd deal. The whole operation was a... Right. But, yeah. you, but it's interesting, as a child growing up in that, it's very easy to be like, this is a normal, this is normal. No, I knew it wasn't normal because nobody around me could relate to it. And then I, my best friend was this kid that grew up in East Harlem. And so I used to spend a lot of time up there when I was 13, 14, 15. I came from a broken family. And, right. you know, and, and so it was a very odd triangle between the commune and a junkyard in East Harlem. You know, right. it was a weird life. Did you feel the commune when mom's taking you to the commune? Yeah. Was it? kind of presented to you as we're going to take a fun trip to India here? Mm. Or were you like, mom's like, we're going to the commune. No, this you know, no. She's the real McCoy. She doesn't. They're not like smoking pot and fucking around. They're building earth-integrated housing. You yes. know, she's hiding freeze-dried food, digging it into a mountainside. You understand. It's, re it's real shit. It's the real deal. <laughs> you know, she's not walking around in bell-bottoms listening to music. I mean, these guys... They were for real. For they real, for, for real. real. Yeah, they spent all their dough building this organization. Yeah, they were serious. So you're on that flight to India, and are you thinking I may never see the United States again? Nah. You nah, knew you were I coming back. Be back. Yeah, what my was the point of going to India then, in the shit. commune? Saibaba's village. Why else would you go to India in 1988? That's what happened. Um, it wasn't yeah. to see Russell Peters. <laughs> no, it was, you know, <laughs> no, no. We couldn't get tickets, so we went to see Saibaba. Um, <laughs> No, no, Sai Bob was a spiritual leader out there. I mean, I think he was a bit of a hustler, but yeah, anyway. So that what, what was his name? Sai Baba, S-A-I-B-A-B-A. -A -A. Is he still with, is he, does he passed away now? Sai I would Bob? imagine he's gone because yeah. he was probably in his 40s then. I'd love to get him, yeah, I'd love you know, to get him like on You'd like to get Zoom. him on the cast. Yeah, I'd love to get, get him, him on, on Zoom right now. For you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go, Sai Bob. Yeah, yeah, this guy, yeah, yeah, yeah he, he passed away 2011. Yeah. Interesting mix. He's got the mix of yeah. Indian, but also got the Afro. He looks yeah. he looks clinically insane here. Yeah. Um. Wow. So yeah. and you you dealt with this man. You but were I realized this man. even as a kid, you know, it's funny. Like things early on with humor. It's like this guy. I think it was called Vibhuti, and he would he would he would do something with his hand and generate like metal, like a like right. a jewelry, like an right. earring. And he would use that to communicate his uh, his, his devotion and his his um, status. Like he would do that to prove to the average desperate person that he was connected to a deity, that he was connected to something above us. So he produced this shit out of his hand, and then I was. I kept hearing about how he produced, you know, like, anyway, it was like, I, I think silver was like, silver was cheap then. Was like, you're telling me everybody's poor. They don't have any money. This guy can produce metal, but nothing valuable. It's, it's right. always like some, it's yeah. tin or so you can't <laughs> yeah. produce a piece of gold. You could feed everybody. Yeah. I mean, they, at 12 years old, I, I, you know. Metal anyway. coming out of the fingertips, that means he's vaccinated. Yeah, it means um, something, but, you know, produce something. That <laughs> yes. Did you ever confront him at all? No, I, as a kid, you know, this guy's got a, know, probably a couple of thousand people in his village. It's not like he's going to put up with me walking up to him going, where's the gold? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back then I was a kid. Yeah, I was a child. 11 or yeah, child. Would they give child. you stuff to do, like tasks? No, no, no. Up on the commune, you know, they give me a, a thing or two to do. But, you know, I, I was never good at hammering. I never built that. Money. They would build earth and integrated now, houses. Now, what about your brothers and sisters? Are you an only child? Do you have siblings? Oh, no, no, I have a brother. He's a psychologist. 
He's a psychologist. Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. do you think his yeah. passion for that was from the way he grew up? I don't know if it's passion as much as you're trying to figure out a piece of your own experience, your right. own mind. And I would imagine like, you know, it's like sometimes the reason we do humor is you're sitting outside of something, right. looking in, you know, and then you realize the absurdity of things and you right. start to put it together in a way that feels like jokes or it drives you to become a psychologist. So it's just what it is. Do you yeah, think that I you're think. losing your virginity at 13 years old to uh, someone in Mexico yeah. had anything to do with your upbringing or were you just horny that day? No, no, a little of both. <laughs> you know, you got to have somebody that doesn't, it's not on top of you in terms of parenting in order to generate the freedom to bang a whore at 13. Yes. But, <laughs> but. Was it in know, Mexico or father, she was Mexican? No, no, it was, I'm a gentleman. It was in Mexico. What do you think? I bang around looking for people yeah, from Mexico? I'm I like in it. Mexico. Uh, avocados. Um, <laughs> yeah, when in Rome, baby. Yes. Uh, no, no, it was, yeah, it was in Mexico. And then do you, do yeah. you feel, as a 13-year-old yeah. boy, that that kind of, you know, losing your virginity, like, do you feel like that uh, had an impact on you? Or you think, as boys, it doesn't matter? You fucking, it was cool to go tell the guys in the I junkyard. I don't know. I think, I think people, when, when they're not, you know, when they're, inclined to take risk right you know do a lot of shit and i right. think the kinds of people if you're dyslexic and you don't fit in and you're whatever you can you can you know homeless pimp is looking right at you he's like you're talking right to me sir <laughs> no. no i think i think these personality types are kind of you know risk-seeking behavior is sometimes dysfunctional and sometimes it can lead you into interesting situations you know now I feel like it's interesting, you know, dating, you know, dating a girl. I don't know. It's interesting. At what date yeah. do you, if you're really not liking a woman, do you, Third. Do you, that's when you say I had a gay dad, mom in a cult. Oh, and no, I, okay. no, 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 no. Oh, that. Oh, oh okay. I thought you were talking about what happened. Oh, I thought you said. Like when you're dating, when yeah, do you when, touch when, her? When do you, <laughs> on the third date, you go, hey, yeah. I want to make believe I'm 13 in Mexico. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, because, you know, yeah. that's the thing. That's the thing is, is you know, because you, you, it's almost like, you know, I do comedy, right? Yeah. You do comedy. That's what we have in common. And I'm like, okay, my route to comedy was its own things you know I, yeah. I wanted to always make my dad laugh i always yeah. felt like this is a way to get attention and right. all that those things but it's positive i felt like i chose it a positive addiction and yeah. a way to be cathartic and a way to kind of get yeah, things off my chest yeah. and i like it but your path to comedy do yeah, you yeah. think it came it didn't did it come from you wanted to make people laugh because you wanted to see the joy on them or were you trying to escape the darkness from your childhood I think maybe all of the above, but you know, that word reconciliation sort of rings to me because it's like you feel less alone, less crazy when what you're communicating brings them some value, right? right. And that in turn brings you some value. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I would imagine some people to put the pieces together if you're a little, you know, some when they talk about turning to drugs and shit, it's like... Right. Some of the same underlying reasons are there, sure. you know, that, that you'd get into comedy for, which is why there's so many busted up personalities in comedy. Right. You know? So many busted up backgrounds. Yeah, well, you're recovering drug and was it drugs and alcohol or just alcohol or just drugs? What, what do you mean? You were in recovery. No, me never. You never were in recovery? Never. Oh, I thought that you were in recovery. You have a oh, look no. that says I'm in recovery. You have a vibe. 
That you, no, be, no. You no. haven't looked at says, I've overcome a lot of shit, all the stuff you've talked right, about, plus also recovery. heroin. And no, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> and now no, I'm no. in a very good place. Okay, sorry. I, uh, no, I probably, because I'm a bit steeped in some of the psychological kind of, you know, terms around all of this shit. A, a lot of the psychological so you're not in rehab at all. you would have picked up in rehab. No, not at all. I've never had an addictive personality in that way. Thank Interesting. God. Never. And your brother, yeah. nobody. Nope. No, the growing my brother's up. a relative teetotaler. Wow. Yeah. So you don't drink right now. You have whiskey in your coffee. No, no. I can I can I can have a I can I can drink or, or not drink. Right. You drugs, know? no. We're not doing drugs. No, no. Back in the day, listen, I'm not yeah, I wasn't afraid of a line of cocaine. It but happens. Um, but no, 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 never, never a thing. In it's life. not see that that and that's that non-addictive person. I feel the same. I feel yeah. like I can have drink, not drink. Yeah. It's never been an addiction yeah. um, to me. But I would, I just thought from the type of life you had that it was like, oh, you might have to escape for some right, drug alcohol. Right. But the fact you no, did it, no. that's a lot of internal. That's a lot of strength. No, no, I always have my eye on the prize. You know, even with business, it's like early on when I got into comedy, I was running the numbers and so, like I was doing. You know, you can't run numbers as an artist, but you can go, listen, this is a crazy game, you right. know, and then and start to run those numbers. And so I was never, when I saw people getting high, I was like, oh, this is. Yeah, it's not going to work. Not, that ain't going to work. So that that's why, too, you know, you're talking about running numbers. We're talking yeah. a lot recently on this podcast. I've had a monumental spiritual, you know, yeah. not not spiritual, but I've had a shift in like, yeah. I'm starting to feel now, I'm 38, I'm yeah. starting to feel like I, you know, had a couple of good years with yeah. with my career, yeah. and I'm starting to feel like, you know, how do I put the same passion and creativity that I put into comedy, yeah. put that into now finance? Because I would always say, oh, I don't yeah. want to be the guy who's 50 years old who has yeah. to go on the road and and you and, gotta and think go about to it date. like you're a prize fighter or an actress or a model. Like, like listen, you, your career may be 100 years long, but you have to know that showbiz does not reward people for getting older no you know what i mean no well, some things do as an investor there's no cap on that you can right be 75 make quality decisions you know as an entertainer it's a bit of a hamster wheel right and if you want to ever be able to step off it you know you got to start to think about things proportionately separate the difference between need and want get lifestyle dialed in Otherwise, it's a fucking mess. Right. Yeah. People like, spend money just like the, it's, it's like a drug. It's like they just throw it out. If you are an emotional deficit that you haven't reconciled. Yeah. If you need attention and you're not getting it one way or you need to get high with endorphins, it could be social media, it could be something else. If you worship the way you look, you'll die a thousand deaths as you get older. If you worship money, you'll die. A, you'll right. Like, like you're never you're, ends. Out of all of us, it seems. You're the one who has the best head for investments. I think other comics come to you with investment opportunity, yeah, investment ideas, yeah. the real estate stuff that you do. I'm but the one-eyed man in the land of the blind in that yeah. regard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, But do you feel like you have a fear of money? What is your relationship with money and business? It's got to listen. We live in a capitalist society, and so I God want to right. make sure, but I want to make sure that I'm not that somebody that, that canceling my tenants are still going to pay their rent whether or not I offend somebody with a delicate sense of language. Right. You know, it seems the whole notion of these social framework, it seems fragile. It doesn't mean some people haven't done well and, and you've done well. It just means that 
I don't understand the underpinnings, and I have to learn more about it. Like right. I've, I've hired a social media edit stuff, yeah. put up clips. I have to get yeah. more active because it's a tool right. that you have Benadil to interface with. Then will be sending with. you an email after this. What's that? <laughs> she's she's going to want to run your social media. She does a yeah. good price. Yeah, no, no. Listen, I I, I really, <laughs> it's a fucking tool that if you don't grapple with yeah. it, you know. And so yeah. anyway, so because because yeah. I think too, you know, with with your, you know comedy you, you know yeah. you, you, it seemed like you've used the money in entertainment as you know you always are thinking about how can i invest this how can i make this money work for me because i when we spoke last summer mm. you know I, I think i showed you my bank account like because it was i i i will very openly admit i mm. had new money and i nobody in yeah. my family ever had money i never even saw more than yeah, yeah. nobody ever had more than a few grand ever no everybody's paycheck to yeah. paycheck and i had some opportunities, and I was like getting used to the idea of look at the money in my bank account, but it's just sitting in a Chase account, very foolish, not doing anything. A melting and, ice cube in an inflationary environment. Yes, and I thought, yeah, tweet that, and I and I, that's the name of the episode, and I and I now realize that that how foolish of me, not foolish, but those I, I'm learning now. Hey, I, if I'm going to want to be the guy who doesn't have to go on the road, it, yes, it will be creative choices I make that could get me there. Yeah. But also the, the foolproof way is financial choices will get me there. What am yeah. I doing? How am I making it work for you? It's all game theory. And right. so you want to create the best probability possible that you'll be able to achieve that level of freedom. And you can't bet on... You know, it's hard to bet on some creative endeavor. It doesn't mean don't spend 99% of your energy. It's just know that a T-bill is a risk-free rate of return unless the U.S. government goes out of but business. That's a treasury bill. T-bill is a treasury just bill. Just F4 for the kids at home. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. And yeah. so... And so that's... Gotta explain it to these fucking retards, yeah, no. right? Uh <laughs> no, no, but nobody, financially, nobody seems... Listen, if Johnny Depp can go broke and half of all athletes, it's yeah. like... Yeah, people have to respect that. Yeah. So, you know, you, you don't want to throw. I don't know if I were giving financial advice to somebody, I would say start with rap music, listen to it, and do the polar opposite. Do, <laughs> literally, don't do a fucking thing. One of those guys are yelling about. You know, I, I, I mean, unless I, I don't know, unless. Right. It's, Jay Z was talking about how you know how he should have brought bought property in Dumbo as opposed to blowing it on depreciating assets. But it's, right. but yeah, and also if you dial in, it's like most people acquire things because of their emotional needs. It's not the things themselves. I'm talking about over and above my kids in a safe environment. I have a decent place to live. Right. Oh, those needs are correlated with money. I'm not saying right. money doesn't solve that. Right. I'm saying after that. We we know what the statistics are. It's not working. Right. You pick up a fucking entertainment biography, and you'll see suicide and addiction, and I mean yeah. they're everywhere. Well, those well, stories. Well, that's what you know. That you bring up the interesting point where I think that it it just because like I think if your relationship with money is not a good one, if you're fearful of it, or if you said you're using it to fill voids, it doesn't matter if you have a million dollars or it's twenty going. million dollars, you'll spend it all. Talk to Johnny Depp about it. It's going. So Johnny, I didn't know that Johnny Depp has got nothing. Well, no, he may still have some, depending Assets. on what he sold. And what, but, but he got fucked up real bad financially. Yeah. You have an enormous nut. Talk to MC Hammer or 50% of people that ever played for the NFL. I mean, this is not Dove, Dove's opinion. This is This, this is, is reality. This is real stuff. Statistics. So, you, so you're 
main investment strategy for you personally is real estate. That's where you go. No, no, I can go somewhere else. I mean, I bought a mortgage, so it's connected to real estate. You know, I don't mind being the bank if you can collateralize the loan. But What kind of interest rates are you given on the loan? In this case, it's about 10. It's more of a hard money situation. Not bad. Prime is around seven right now, but yeah. it's it's no, it's just about whatever you yeah. Listen, you need some luck, but overall, if you think about if somebody gets a paycheck, if if you spend the principal, you got nothing left, right? Right. If there's a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or a dollar, it doesn't change the percentages. It's like you can buy that building over there; it produces a six percent rate of return over time. It will likely rise in value, but you got to not touch the principal. And that takes discipline. The human animal thinks in terms of tomorrow and the next day and next week. Right. And if you think like that, it's not going to go well over time. Or if you spend your money on fucking bottle service to impress some broad that's attracted to bottle service, it's not the one you want in the first place. Yeah. You're going to end up hating her. You're going to end up hating yourself. She's going to yeah. end up hating you. The whole thing's a circular mess. What do you want to pull up outside the comedy cellar in a Lamborghini? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah. You retard. <laughs> yes. So that's like a morons. So so really, so do you think then, do you think then for you know anybody really, it, yeah. it's not rocket science investing and, no. and money making money. No. no. You it's think it's just science. about knowing, like for example psychological, it's emotional. You gotta you gotta dial shit in and also know where your stress limits are. Now, I've also found, and this is why, you know, I appreciate having conversations yeah. with you and we've had conversations, yeah, yeah. even you doing it publicly now for me, is because I personally think like a, a, it's better to talk to people like somebody like you who has a wealth of uh, knowledge about finances and business yeah. to, because you're not taking a percentage off me. You have no stake in the game. But when you talk yeah. to someone who's, even if they're going to take 1%, which a lot of people are, oh, it's little, financial plan of 1%, that turns out to a lot of money over the course of Cute a lifetime. Bit, yeah. They'll always try to do what's best yeah. for them, not what's best for you. Human nature is such that people are generally inclined to be self-serving. Some people are more altruistic, you know, and you can trust them. And that's a, that's a gauge. You understand urban environments and the street sure. and people. And so you got to assess whether or not you believe the person. But yeah, it's best to hear advice from somebody that has no skin in that game. Yeah, so I think, you know, in this, like for people listening at home, not me, yeah. for the people listening at home, what would you say with like a recession? Use the Socratic method. Don't, don't, don't try to get technical. with These people at home need to think, one, I'm going to buy this. Why? Okay. Right? And then you go, oh, I like it. It's nice. It's shiny. You go, why do you like shiny things? And you could buy shiny things for less. You know, like... One, just start to think more reflectively, and then you'll make fewer dumb decisions. Right. And then in terms of actual investment in an environment, like unless you're really going to get into finance or business or entrepreneurship, then you would, you would, you know, Warren Buffett tells, he said, uh, he said, put your money in the S&P. Most hedge funds don't beat the S&P over time, right? M most guys can't beat that. And so it's like, it's, it's time in the market, not timing the market. Somebody wants to diversify and get a little bit more technical and beat the market. That's a different conversation. Right. But so overall, you, people have to forego today for tomorrow. That's the operative concept. It's always foregoing today for tomorrow. In a relationship, in a career, in writing a joke. In fasting and intermittent you can fasting. Yell dick jokes, intermittent fasting. Dieting. Over yeah. time. Yes, all of this shit. 
So, so you, so, so, so let me give you a situation. Let's say, let me I'm give you a full heterosexual. I will take. No. <laughs> let's say for people out there, because people have read this on the Patreon. Let's say you had 200 cash. Okay. Yeah, sure. What would you do? What do you think would be the best decision with that? I got 200. There's no one best decision. It depends on your objective. Not mine. The, there's Patreon. <laughs> okay. So if yeah. you got 200 and you live in an environment where you want to stay there for the next X amount of years and you believe that it's a growing city or town and you want to put the money down on a house for somebody that want, doesn't want to get involved in entrepreneurial projects... That could be a wonderful use for it because you can't remove the principle. So psychologically, you're protecting yourself from your own weaknesses, right? If right. I buy that building and I take leverage out on it, my exp after expenses, I'm making a small amount of money. Mm -hmm. But the building is worth X. And over time, as that appreciates in value, I may be able to refinance. But for the next five, six years, I cannot take U.S. dollars out of that structure. Right. It's a liquidity experience it's, it, or... or um, you know, kind of consideration. Liquidity meaning I forego the liquidity today. I don't buy that thing over there. But 10 years from now, so let me give you a concrete example. Yeah. When when I bought Ludlow, and there's a lot of luck involved in this, so I'm not attributing it to, to, to brilliance. Ludlow was 200 or two, 200 grand down, roughly a $500,000 loan, right? Okay. But it was in the corner of Ludlow and Rivington in an environment that I believed was going to gentrify, and it did. It, it got, you, you, it you rose had a, in you value. You made a great investment. Yeah, but even if it wasn't a great investment, it still would have been better than blowing it on a fucking depreciating asset. You understand? Right. If you took the 200 grand and you bought a Mercedes with it, that Mercedes is worth 50% of that 200 two years later, three years later, four years later. And if that 200, assuming that 200 is net, if you made 200 and hasn't yeah. been taxed yet, it's really 130. Um, is it okay, in your opinion, to lease yeah. a depreciating asset like you, a car? You could buy whatever you want. I, I drive a Porsche in Manhattan. I'm not a hippie. But you lease but, it. You lease it. No, I bought it. Oh, you bought okay. I, so you no, bought no, it. By, I financed so you bought a depreciating it. asset. I did, but I could afford to buy it. I didn't take the $200,000 that I had to invest. After you develop a multi-million dollar portfolio and you want to fucking blow a little bit of money on you something. You have fun a little bit. Yeah, yeah I fly yeah. Business Class United. But what's the worst? Yeah, like, Business like, Class can <laughs> suck it. What's the worst investment that you, you've ever made or a uh, marketplace you went into that you regret? I, I bought a house, then I got divorced, and then I sold it into a shitty She's environment here. right after oh. COVID. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. And now I'd like to bring her in and hit her in the face. Um, and no, no, actually, we really like each other. Oh, it's She's amazing. one of my close friends. That, um, that, that's actually a beautiful thing. I, I oh, want to yeah. get to that, too. Yeah, because, we'll get to that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that, that's nice to get to that situation. That's but let's the talk thing about in the finances. Always, and, yeah, all right, we'll, we gotta, we'll cap, put I a cap to, on I the finances thing. The 200 turned into... It was $700,000 acquisition price, right? Okay. Over the course of 10 years, it became a $4 million asset. Right. I sold it. I don't want to drag people through the granular tax stuff, but I 1031 tax-free exchanged into another deal. Bang. Bang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> but um, but the point is the 200 ended up returning 14x on the money, right? It turned Which you into cannot 3 million. get that in the stock market or anywhere else. This, this is no. only real estate. It gives no, no, us the best returns. Real estate in theory. No, no, I'm not saying returns are better. It just depends on where and when and all of that. But the most important thing is you generate an investment mindset and begin to put money away for go today for tomorrow. That's the most important thing. That 200 grand instead of becoming 3 million would have bought a uh, it would have bought a, a nice car 
a high-end car, and then I could have drove around Soho trying to pick up girls on Wooster right. Street. Right, acting like your dad. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, oh you said <laughs> Soho. My father had the yeah. <laughs> No, no, but what kind of life would that would yeah. that entail? You you would what? You would use spinner bait, like shiny stuff, to try to pick up shiny people that you're not going to engender genuine relationship with anyway. And so one thing we know about happiness is usually built on relationships. And when you look back from your deathbed at 80 years old on what would I have done, what would I have liked to do, it's spend time with my kids, engender decent relationships with decent people. Yes. I don't need to be competing with anybody at a fucking table of bottle service. Right. If I'm having a big dick contest with somebody with a, that just paid $900 for an $82 bottle of vodka, then I've lost before right. I, the right. game began. No, so. I, I got myself into a situation just last month. I had shows down at the Fontainebleau in Miami, beautiful yeah, club. Yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. You know, I, 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 it was a sold-out show. It was a nice paycheck. Yeah. Next thing you know, what's right next door, Live Miami, the famous nightclub, the and I went in there with my boys. Yeah, and of course I got hit with the bill and half the check. And but but again, it was part of this change in me where I was like, that doesn't feel good. I I did yeah. not. I was not beating my chest. I was like, what a poor stupid stupid decision. You just took this money you could have invested for your not only your future, your children's future, yeah. and you put it on the bottle service for patty fly balls. Right. What are you doing? So it's this shift in me that's, that's happening out. That's very smart. I'm whole, and, you know, yeah. I'm, and it's okay to do it once in a right. while. You earn the right to do it once in a while. Just don't just have it in perspective. Right. And beat yourself up for it the next day. Yeah, no, that's what I did. I beat myself yeah. up for it the next day. And I said, because yeah. I start, because it was a lot of time where I spent about, oh, I made poor financial decisions. I just let that money sit there. I didn't invest, but I'm over that. I'm like, it, it's tomorrow, the future. Yeah. So just make the good decisions that's now. Right. So yeah. would you say with with let's say an investment property on a mortgage for the, for yeah. the would you do you are you of the mindset that you don't like to spend your own money you spend loan money or if you have the cash you'll buy it like you know you'll buy it outright Oh no it all depends on the deal if I'm in an environment where debt is inexpensive historically like it was 2 years ago right. you could borrow money for 3% today that same loan is around between 6 and 7% that's expensive debt. And so it's unless the price of that asset comes down, I'm less likely to want to borrow the money to buy the asset. It's simply, uh, it's a capital stack question. It's like, um, there's nothing wrong with conservative leverage. That's how we facilitate credit markets and capitalism in general. Most companies borrow money to acquire equipment. It's capital expenditure. Right. But it's like... Um, if I, as you're deleveraging, so right, so when you're trying to grow, you want leverage. Right. When you're trying to live off passive income, you want to deleverage. And so it just depends where you are in your life and what you're trying to do. The one thing you never want to do is over leverage. Right. Because then if there's a downturn in the market. Now I got to sell properties. You know I what happened on Broadway right here in Soho, right? Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach bond? Have you been intermittent fasting? Well, even if you haven't been, guess what you can be doing? And you can start it today. Manscaped, baby. That's right. They are here to ensure that your body is ready for the wild, wild time you're going to have this summer. They literally are going to make your meat look amazing. Okay? We got the lawnmower 4.0, which is waterproof because a lot of you sweaty bastards. Cordless body trimmer. Um, uh, they have the crop Preserver, ball deodorant, which I use all the time. Sometimes I use it on my pits. 
the Crop Reviver Ball Toner, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This literally is a lifesaver. The Crop Reviver is a lifesaver. I used to shave all day, every day. It was Chrissy Shaves. Not anymore, okay? Not anymore when we're in a bathing suit, even when I'm walking around bucky-ass naked. I'm using the Crop Reviver, and my balls feel toned. You also get two free gifts with Manscaped. Okay, you get the Shed Travel Bag for a $39 value add and the patented High Performance Reduced Shaping Manscaped Boxers. All you got to do, all you got to do is go to manscaped.com right now. Use that promo code CHAOS, C-H-A-O-S. You're going to get 20% off plus free shipping. That's manscaped.com, promo code CHAOS, 20% off plus free shipping it's going to be amazing trim your chesticles with the besticles kiwico this is one of my favorite sponsors on the show i actively use it with the children and my family if you have kids even if you don't have kids if you are just looking for something to do to get you off your device to get you in the present to get you doing something with your hands Kiwico is the place for you. Kiwico believes that every kid is naturally creative and curious and that hands-on experiences build creative confidence and problem-solving skills that can change, change the world. And baby, they are right. They do science. They play sensory games. They do geography. Every crate is designed by the team of experts to inspire the young minds. It is awesome. I've done this with my kids. We've made headphones. We've made lava volcanoes. We've made... Um, uh, uh, pinball machines and literally we're bonding as a family where the kids are not watching TV, they're not on the devices, we're just making stuff and everybody's happy and then it's useful and literally KiwiCo projects are designed by a team of educators, makers, engineers even rocket scientists who brainstorm hundreds of ideas and they create awesome, exciting, age appropriate designs for the kids and it is awesome. Right now if you go to KiwiCo.com, that's K-I-W-I-C-O.com slash chaos, you're going to get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at KiwiCo.com slash chaos. Go do that right now. 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line at KiwiCo.com slash chaos. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com slash chaos. Because then if there's a downturn in the market... Now i got to sell properties. You know what happened on Broadway right here in Soho, right? So this was one of the most um, high-end or expensive retail environments in the country. Right here, this retail corridor that used to be on Broadway. Yeah. Now it looks like you know half a strip mall. But yes. it, it, it's gone down, I heard, by roughly 50% from its high. Wow. So had you bought that building, let's say it's three or four floors high... And a significant percentage of your income comes from that retail lease, right? right? You buy that building, you think you're a wealthy guy, you pay $20 million for a small building and so, and then, um, not so small, but, and then, and then the retail drops by 50%. If you're over levered, you, it's now worth nothing. You have right. less, you now own an asset where the money you put in is no longer right. there. You're upside down in that capital stack because, you took on too much leverage and you, you experienced the setbacks. So somebody who's like, you know, we got a lot of fans in the middle of the country, truck drivers, all those people that yeah, maybe, sure. maybe they're making 40, 50 grand a year. What do you, what would One, you- One, they shouldn't be turning to this podcast for financial advice. 
Um, no, 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 but no, I, but I think it's real important that you're talking about it. No, really, it's like I'm trying. It is super yeah. important. No, no, yeah. it is, and I would like. You'd to be talk surprised how many more. of our peers don't know anything. Oh, listen, about the you're, finances. You're, you're, I'm going to say the names oh, of the you're Patreon. A fucking, you're a you're a Buffett monger yeah. must compared to the average comedian. No doubt about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you think Mark Norman? No, Mark Norman <laughs> yeah. actually does know shit. Listen, I, yeah. I I don't know, but it's definitely the land of the blind. If you got one eye in the game of comedians on finance, then you're you're, yeah. you're it's a wealth of education. So what would you say though? Would you say are you about you know like like what yeah. do you think? Like what's what are the There's good investments? No, it's all entirely relative to age, duration, timeline. Like what what do you want to do? Do you want to make sure the kids got money to go to school? Do you want to buy a house? Do you, like right. Like, how long do you have to invest? So historically, when you're young, you can afford to take more leverage and more risk, right? right? So you put more money into risk assets. And when you're older, you want to take less risk because if you're 60 and you need the money to live on, right. you don't want to incur the risk of the market falling by 30% over the course of three or four years. Right. If you're 28 years old and the market falls by 30%, it shouldn't concern you at all right. because by the time you're 50, whatever you put up historically doubles every 10 years, assuming you don't pull it out when things get stressful. Right. And so it's time in the market, not time, time in out. the market. Right. So, yeah, be because I feel like, you know, with comedy even like or, yeah. or even, I mean, it's just that specific to us. But, yeah. you know, anybody investing anything, it's just another it's a yeah. great uh, second stream of revenue. Like you don't have. You it's don't worry about mindset as much as some of us. Uh, I don't worry about it enough. Right. Had I started getting into podcasting when everybody else was jumping at it, for me, it was not a, a, a profitable move. So that's interesting. So you feel... I lost the opportunity because I had money. Right. So even as as well as you've done as you've yeah. done with real estate and yeah. you built, you know, a, a good I would like push. to have more leverage as a comic. Interesting. You know? like, so you yeah. still think that. So I wanna go I wanna develop a better interface with this social media world so that I can generate better ticket sales, have more choices. You know right. what I mean? Just have more choices on projects and things like that. Be a fun, creative thing now, to because do. I do have one question. Go. Uh, I was looking at yeah. something trending with mortgages that now if you have good yeah. credit, you pay yeah. a tax for the people with bad credit? Is yeah, there's, there's some, there is some, um, I was watching on CNBC the other day. We don't want to drag them through the granular thing, but there is some program. Yeah, I'm the new host um, at 8 p.m. on Fox News, by the way. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> the um yeah no there's a there's a there's a lot of shit going on right now financially that affects everybody it's just it's 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 we're all like frogs in a pot as the water starts to heat up we don't know it until it's too hot and so like home affordability right now is that like a, is at like a historic low it's not just because the price of the home went up but the payment on the debt has doubled as the home went up so that's the problem. It's like it turns people. It's so many more people are renting now than used to be able to afford to buy in the 19. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. So with that being said, if you yeah. have a little scratch all, yeah. now would actually be a good time to buy if you're looking to invest because the rent, so many people want to rent. Even though it's a higher interest rate and you're paying a little bit more, the renter market is so good. Or Yeah, the way to experience that or express that as just through cap rates. If you can buy at the right cap rate, the right capitalization rate on on the money in. 
So what does that mean, the cap rate? Again, cap rate's just a metric. <laughs> it's not for me. It's for these assholes. No, no, it's just, it's just like a... It's just a metric to assess how expensive one structure is relative to another. And so it, if the cap rate is... Um, um, the higher the cap rate, the cheaper the deal, right? Okay. And so if I'm putting $100,000 into something at a 6% cap rate and I don't take any leverage, in theory, I'm making 6% of my money over the course of a year. A building in, in the West Village trades like a bond. It's like a... It's like a three and a half cap or something. Okay. So it's over time. Um, I don't want to drag people through cap rates, but basically it's no, just a metric comparison. It's just saying it's saying after net after expenses, you're left with a net operating income, an NOI. That NOI will tell you whether or not the building is a good deal relative to the amount you're buying it for. Okay. And so when you compare that, that's your comparison metric. You're going, okay, that car is an eight-cylinder motor. That car is an eight-cylinder motor. It's comparable in every way except that car is $20,000 more. Why is that the case? And if you don't have an answer for that, it probably means you're paying too much. And so it's just a way to – it's a CBA. It's a cost-benefit analysis. Interesting. It's a way to apply one number to a, a, a set of um, experiences commercially. So you – your very first – Entry into real estate. How old were you? I knew nothing about cap rates. Early 20s. Early 20s, and you just got into it, what, with your friends? Like, how did you even come to the mindset to be like, I got to own a building? Uh, my father ran a junkyard, and the way he separated himself from genuinely, he grew up very poor, and he bought this old, this old fucking rundown thing, and he rented it as a kid. So maybe it was in the back of my got head. Got it, to, to buy you know? and rent out. Yeah, I thought, you know, what am I going to live like a fucking Gentile? I spent it on shiny shit. I go, I put the money somewhere where you turn a nickel into a dime and nobody, you know, generally goes broke making some sort of profit. Right, right. Now, have you been throughout your career in this real estate deals that have not went well and you've had to get out of or that you regret? Not not generally catastrophic, but I've had difficult experiences. You're always going to pay a price for any door you open. Nobody can go out and make margin without paying a price. My tenant, I I evicted them. Then they sued me. There was another lawsuit with an insurance company wouldn't pay out. Stressed the fuck out of my mind during COVID. I had a sixty thousand dollar mortgage uh, per month mortgage payment on a development on the Brooklyn development on Nostrand Avenue. Yeah. It's a $7 million construction You could have got a lot loan. of Yeezys with that. <laughs> I could have, I could have, like a dummy, I didn't buy Yeezys. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, but yeah, so you, 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 I was stressed out of my mind during right. certain places. Do, now, now, let's shift into the other fascinating part of your life to me is, is, is you're somebody who, when I first met you, you know, you were yeah. dove, you were, you know, you, you're single, then you had, you know, your be- beautiful yeah, yeah. girlfriend, it turned into... The yeah. wife, now now ex-wife. Well, beauty's and then, overrated, too. If, right. if we could all separate. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you you got to find where the value is right. in, in, in the thing. You know? Unfortunately, yeah. you got to want to fuck them, too. But yes. It, it would open up such. I'd be dating a brain surgeon right now if I didn't have to want to bang, you know? Right. So sad. Yeah. Go ahead. And so, I agree. And so, and so, and then you had a child a yeah. little bit later on. Oh yeah, in life, like you were, or yeah. you were at a point where you never thought you would have a child, and then you had a child. 
That's why I got married. I wanted a kid. And I said, you know, I got a 50-50 shot at, at this relationship working out. Or I can go back out into the marketplace. I ran a quick CBA, developed a cap right, said, I got to have a kid with this person. Otherwise, exactly. I could be, you know, walking yeah. around with Natterman in my 70s. With no <laughs> yeah, yeah, kid. With, Dan, yeah. with the great Dan Natterman. With the great Dan Natterman. You Natterman. could do worse, but, you know. Yeah. So, and yeah. so... So, then got a divorce. My kid's now four. But we really put together an operation that, you know, that the co-parenting thing. It works. You fucking, look at that as a business as well. I am the most, uh, my marriage is the most successful failure that there's ever been. The, the divorce is a failure of the marriage, obviously. Sure. But it's been, it's been so, uh, you know, it, it's, it really worked. We're just much better. Much better. Better and the, and the, and your child is much better off. It's great. He stays with me two or three days a week in the city. He stays with his mother in Livingston, New Jersey. Which you, you know, own that place? The rest, no, I don't know. Oh, that you, place. so she? They have her own operation. I was say, she's what happens remarried she with the rent. Nah, she's remarried. And oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's good, man. It's it's good. We dialed it in, but that's stressful. We'll right. Fucking divorce during COVID. That's a hustle. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Can't even bang other bros. Yeah, dude, I know. I'd rather you be got in fucking a mask Wuhan. On. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I felt like I was in the hum. <laughs> so that's beautiful yeah. now. And so now what is your plan as a father? When do you start to introduce your child to these types of strategies and ideas? Like how did how, have you thought about that? Because I you know, I, I was you know, you know me, I got two kids and I'm yeah. trying, even though I don't know anything, I'm just learning. I'm already yeah. trying to talk to my seven year old yeah. about you know, because she has a piggy bank with money and I'm already talking to her about like, well, how can we make these, you know, these $20? Yeah. How can we turn it into 40? What can we do? And she's like, oh, what if I yeah. open up a Smart. lemonade stand? And, yeah. think, you know, think little Smart. things like that. And I'm yeah. like, well, it's something. You know, yeah. I heard, I, I read books, Warren Buffett's buying his first stock at 11 years old. Like, right. it's never too early. But right. again, I don't have the experience right. just yet. I'm acquiring that now, but you do. So what What do you think? Listen, we're all learning, man. The learning never ends. I think we all got to stay curious and personally responsible. And then hopefully that leads us to the answers that are more right than not. Because right. the smartest guys in the world are all making mistakes. It's just you want to make better mistakes. You don't make dopey mistakes. But as far as the kid, you know, first we're going to let him decide his own gender. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then after that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. so, so, and two, you know, like with with what, it's interesting. I yeah. feel like because if you know financially, a lot mm. of us, me personally, my main yeah. motivation for uh, sometimes you know having to get out on the road and do those things, yeah. even though I love performing and yeah. I would do it for free, I did it still more. I still have done, I believe, stand yeah. up more times for free than I've gotten. Yeah, paid. I still sure. believe that number to be. Yeah. It's getting closer now, but it's still yeah. higher. But yeah. sometimes they're like, ah, I'm really doing this because I, I got to make money. I got to pay the bills. I got a family. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, are making money off your other stuff, but yet you still get out but there. And want to to a degree. It's like you see all of these entertainers and actors, some of whom, whom have had really big careers, and they're all like, yeah, I got expenses. I got to go meet my nut. It's like you've done something wrong along the way if you've made a lot of dough and you're still running out. For, for more income. If you right. want to chase the dough or you just enjoy doing it, that's a different conversation. But if somebody's had a big career and they still they still got to hustle, they're still on the treadmill, it means they didn't control for things they could have controlled well, and, for earlier. And, and, and that's what I'm getting at too is because I think we have a big 
lack of financial education problem in this country. Like other they countries, they teach. They also have an acquiring problem, right? Right. Like, like personal, like, I don't need a lot of shit. I'm also not a hippie. I don't mind paying for things. But, like, I don't know. I just don't, like, I lived in a house with, you know, a, a, a number of bedrooms, and it never once made me feel better than living in a smaller place. Not right. one time. Yeah. You know, and it's like, so what are we actually paying for? It's that Socratic method. And then you realize, like, the only reason people buy big houses, it's vestigial. People used to have mansions because they had manners. There were lords of the manor, and they had staff, and they had people around, and there was actually use for the space. There was utility. Now a single athlete with no children that occupies a 10,000-foot house, it's clearly brought about by not thinking deeply about the acquisition. Right. And you're paying lots of taxes, and you're funding lots of lifestyle that will not translate to a feeling of contentment and you can go broke like that. Yeah, I think you know I live in 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 you know a house four or five bedroom house and yeah. you know love it and and because you know I it's interesting I was living in a small apartment we were living me my girl the three kids and and it, you know we had our problems with it but my yeah. biggest gripe my biggest thing was my daughter's bedroom at the apartment didn't have a window did not yeah. have a window and I was like I got to get my daughter right. a house yeah. a bedroom with a window yeah, yeah. and I, and no, you know money they had, make you happy in that context. They had this little pool and I was like yeah, I want great. a house for her with a pool all that to say it's great. Now, but the reason yeah. why I'm bringing it up is to say my daughter I was like I remember when we first got to the house, you know, yeah. for, not the first night but like a couple of nights in when she was getting comfortable I was like babe how I was laying in bed with her putting her to sleep I was like how great is this? Look at you got a yeah. window. And she was like, I don't want the window. She was like, I, I don't like my room. I was like, why do you not like your room? She's like, because it's so much further away from your and mom's room now. Yeah. We're in the apartment. It was right there. And now yeah. I've noticed, too, as a family, yeah. it, we have this beautiful house. We have yeah. this. Everybody has space. That, that's what I was obsessed with. Yeah. Let's get space. And now what? Yeah. Now everybody's alone. Ironic. My stepson sits in his room by himself. My yeah. daughter's in the basement by herself. My little one is little. So we're, But half the time, you know, my girl is helping the little one change the diapers. Now I have to go up a flight of stairs to help when everybody was just more with each yeah. other. And if we wanted to go to a pool, we would either go to a friend's house or we'd go to a public pool. We'd go to the beach where now yeah. it's like we have all these things and we barely use them. And it's a learning yeah. lesson for yeah. me that kind of hits exactly what you said. Yeah. Now, as far as that goes, you know, my family wants to stay there and they like it. And financially it was I didn't overpay, and I got a really, I got a three point eight interest rate, so I got a good. So you keep it, but if if it wasn't true, if I had the high interest rate, I would be looking to sell immediately and go back to an apartment life where, because I feel I've realized also, even though I have amazing, beautiful neighbors, we're all in our little islands, we're all in our little manors. We're in. Bay Ridge, when I was living in an apartment, every yeah. night when it was nice out, we'd all sit yeah. on the stoop and the entire community would come out. And th- yeah. that's what I sit and think about all the time. Yeah. And so I think now, like, yeah. okay, like like you said, like, yeah. wh- like what? why do you want the space? Even, right. you know, with, with marriage, I, I, I didn't know this. The idea of love being in a marriage yeah. is a very, very new concept. That's like a hundred, yeah, for the yeah. majority of human existence, it's been, yeah. no, no, you mar- it's, it's a, a business decision. It's oh, a deal. Yeah. We're no, combined. The idea of love is a luxury. The union is a utility arrangement. That's what it always yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm out. I'm, 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 I'm towing the fucking field with a yak. I need some shit done in the house. I can't have some cream puff back there. I need a woman <laughs> who gets to work. Yeah. Drinking you know, a fucking Bud Light. <laughs> no, but yeah, you know. Yeah, but yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, it makes perfect so sense. So do you feel happy? Do you feel the happiest you've ever been in your life is now or the other times in your life where you were happier? I, I ask everybody it's that. It's not. Listen, it's it's a good question. And whether or not you ask other people doesn't mean anything to me. But, but yeah, it's a fucking, it's a good question. But I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. There was a high, kind of 25-year-old happiness, you know, yeah. running around when things were still new and exciting. Oh, yeah. And then there's the happiness of not banging for two weeks at a clip. You know, it's... Uh, yeah. No, no, it's like, <laughs> no, no, it's, 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 it's different. With, with a kid, you know that. Sure. It's a different kind of happiness. You're experiencing it through them sometimes, right. you know, as opposed to the more self-serving happiness. Right. Somebody once said, like, fatherhood done right is the death of narcissism. Like, you, you can't, it's not just about you. So it's a different kind. Yes, yeah, I, I feel like that's a thing that I've learned about being a parent is, is you inevitably, because... If you're doing it the right way, you have to put yourself in yeah. second or third place because there's people before you. Yeah. So this whole idea of me, me, me becomes, yeah. well, you know, I'm paying this mortgage or I'm doing these things because it's really for yeah. somebody else more than me. Yeah. And you're right. It kind of makes the yeah. narcissism go away a little bit. Or, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, you still it's still in there. We're human. Well, I mean, you know? we're still doing stand-up every night. We're like, look at me. I know. I know. But, you know, sometimes if you, when you're really trying to figure out the joke and do some other shit, like, it's not just look at me. If it's done really well. Right. You know, like, if you're trying to do interesting shit, yeah. you know. I mean, there's still a look at me element of it. But yeah. Now, you, not, yeah. you never lost yourself in the money or the ego of having money? No, I have a, it's, it all feels abs, absurd. And then there's always something to remind you every day of like, I'm an idiot. Right. You know, and, and we're, we're all these little animals crawling around with largely the same behavioral habits as mo much of the animal kingdom. You right. Know, a gorilla family does not behave that much differently. But, you know, it's just a more elaborate dance. A shiny right. car or something like that is no different from a bird doing a dance with a fucking... Yeah shiny tail but you're very rare now the people you're doing deals with they're not egomaniacs i don't know i i, I don't know the people i listen to on podcasts I, I, aren't comedians i listen to very i listen to thoughtful reflective people not that comedians aren't no, i just no, not podcasting like when you're in the oh no but i'm world. saying like the, I, like oh, yes there's the world and I don't know. I don't do well with people. I see it coming from far away. So right. I won't involve myself with a partner who operates through a lot of ego. It, I just wouldn't involve myself. Like for people that. going into business, what are these traits you, you see? In oh, somebody that's thoughtful, reflective, curious, makes eye contact. If you listen to Warren Buffett, there's no ego. In no. It. Just, just listen to really smart people that have have done something reasonably well. And it's... It's just, you'll usually find some through line of yeah that is not yeah, I, I heard noisy. Warren, I heard Warren Buffett talking too about you know finance and all that stuff, and yeah. he was like you know like this miss you have to start to like a lot of people just go off learned behaviors. A lot of people just naturally yeah. are followers. It's it's safety right? Yeah, we just yeah, follow yeah. whatever. Yeah, like, you know when animal. people make these comments, oh all rich people are evil or rich people are douchebags. He's like you have to question who taught you that. Why are you you have a learned it's response? It's also to wildly that. oversimplistic. Yeah, and right? it's like, what is the negative? His opinion is like, what is yeah. the negative of me acquiring wealth in a capitalist country? And why does it feel like because I have money that I have to, right. I will give it to charities and do things like that? But you have to, you have to think about where your experience and point of view is coming from. No doubt. With that, and he's the big one. Why I say now, yeah. like, do not have a fear of money. You have to question what is your relationship with money? Because if your relationship yeah. with money is a negative one and a fearful one, then it doesn't matter if you have sixty million you'll blow it where 
You know, it doesn't, the money doesn't matter. You, because he said commonly people will say, oh, if I could just get my 15 million, I'd be happy to be no, free. No, you no. will never, that, that will turn no. into 30. Or, or, or zero. It, right. it all depends on like, there's, that's not how, I don't know. I mean, it's just not how life works. Read Marcus Aurelius, Emperor of Rome. Yeah. The, the, his talks, his meditations. Ago. He's very, very clear on the, um, what happens to the human spirit when you follow false gods. I mean, yeah. it's, this is, this is, I don't even know. It's so clearly the case. We, we have so many, we have there, there are a great deal of data that correlates this notion of happiness for money. It's like after you have some freedom and your kids are safe and educated right. and healthcare, like after that, there's marginal utility in money. Right. The next jet or the next expensive piece of clothing or whatever, like, it doesn't, that's not how human beings work. No, I've actually found, I just did this about two weeks ago, I had, you know, and again, some of this is from... And I'll spend 100 grand on a car. Like, I, like I'm, I'm, this is coming from a non-hippie, you know right. what I mean? Like, I'm not... Yeah, no, there has to be some degree of guilt-free spending. You're enjoying your life. It's just yeah. if it works for you and what percentage of your income. I'm just saying, don't be confused about happiness. Right. Happiness comes from my kid is safe. Yes. My ex-wife is, is taken care of, you know, and like those kinds of things create a feeling of contentment. Yeah. If you're looking for happy, I don't know what kind of buzz you're looking for. I mean... Some people do that with drugs. Some people do it with mindless spending. None right. of it's going to work in the long run. Right. Yeah. I, I think, I think you, know, um, you know, they did, I read this book, uh, The five, five Things You Must Know Before You yeah. Die. And this guy, this writer, John Izzo, he just <laughs> interviewed people on their deathbed from all different cultures. And they Excellent all said the same idea. thing. What a great idea. They don't, they, no, nobody thought about their, their bad Nobody needs says, I wish money. I made another 10 grand. It was nobody just their says kids. That. So it's like the er, his thing was, but it's a hard thing for your mind to hard kind of. He said, yeah. so the earlier you are, the you earlier you can kind of get that mindset yes. that what am I going to think about on my deathbed? Yes. The better you'll be in life. And yes. and what I'm even finding now is like two weeks ago, I think I had it in my head always that like my you know like my my mom would you know if, if I never wore something she'd be like well you can't give that away you got to wear it you bought it and all yeah. this finish your food on your plate and all these things. Yeah. Where my mindset now is, yeah. you know, I already paid for the food. So if you don't want to eat it, don't eat it. It's right. like the whole thing of telling my child there's children starving in Africa means nothing to her. It doesn't, right. doesn't mean anything to her. No, you're trying to impart perspective. Right, right. But, but, but I think it gets, not dangerous, but what, what was ingrained in me for a long time is let me just, if, if I bought it, I got to eat it. If I bought it, I got to wear it. But it's, it's this thing, it's like this objectifying things where what I just did two weeks ago is cleaned out my entire closet, except for a few clothing items that I really felt and held. It was like, I like this. I wound up throwing out 50, 60% of shirts and pants I never wore. Every it, part of life should be like that. Yeah. Acquisition for the sake of us never does it for anybody. It's, yeah. you, want, you, want to, you want to just figure out what brings you, what you're connected to and yeah. stay with that. Yeah, and that, and that I wound up. I got a carbon fiber mount by, mountain by bike. Yeah, that, it brings me happiness. You understand? <laughs> yes. You go on a single track. It, you know, it it, it took awesome. a significant amount of money. Yeah, but it's like to buy a, a Dolce Gabbana. Like, I don't, I don't connect I don't need on it. any level. Yeah. With what that would do for me. Yeah, I, I, we don't need it at all. You know, carbon fiber, on the other hand, has a as there's an unsprung yeah. weight reduction that allows you to get up and over technical single track. But you don't know anything about mountain biking. It's nice to so I don't know why I bother with you. Yeah. <laughs> Hotel rooms, you know, you're gonna go, you want to go on. If you're going on a vacation, and you want to stay in a nice hotel room. 
because you want to enjoy the hotel room, do that. But if you're out of the hotel all day, what's the difference? Listen, man. But I got gotta. the room with the plunge pool. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> now you're fucking Instagramming. That's what it bed. is. On your deathbed, a lot of 80-year-olds looking back going, I wish I would have had another, a couple of extra Instagram moments. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, No. No, it's I'm, always relationships, I'm starting to think about now, you know, I'm starting to think about now, how can I use, you know, ticket sales or things in my career that are happening? How can I make that work for me? And more importantly, work for my children. What am I going to leave them? I'm not going to leave them my fucking comedy book. They don't give a shit. It's well, all you want to leave them the right mindset. And that's the part mindset, of what you're chasing. I want to leave them the mindset. And also some security. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, that's right? why I'm thinking about these But over assets. and above a certain point, when you hear some fucking rapper or somebody that, may, that hears a term but doesn't understand what it means, you go, generational wealth. Like... I, to, to leave your kids with never having to work, you're not helping your kids. No, not at all. You know, and so it's like it's a relative idea. You know, yeah. you want to you want them safe and you want them with with good care. So I got them on Staten education. Island. Yeah. All you need is this jacket. You don't even pay a toll. <laughs> That's a toll free jacket. That's what it is. This is an easy pass. Yeah. Dove, what about where can people find you? See you. Where, what do you want? Uh, I live on Mulberry Street. Um, <laughs> That's right. The, uh, no, no, just at Dove David off on that fucking Instagram, and then I'll put out a bunch of stuff. Just go to that stupid Instagram, Go to the stupid please. site. And no, yeah, yo, check me out, you know. Yeah. Not because I'm so great. I'm just better than most. Go, go check me go out. Go check it out. And then check out Dove and I's new investment that I'm going to rope him into. <laughs> Wait um, a second. <laughs> <laughs> ChristyComedy.com, you know all the dates. The only tickets we got left are the theater at Madison Square Garden, September 23rd. Everything else is sold out. Uh, I appreciate it. Appreciate the love. Patreon.com says Christy Comedy. All the fun advice we give, the talks. We're going to do more financial segments. There, we'll teach you how to, uh, well, I'm learning with you, how yeah. to invest and do that. So we'll do it together. And uh, merch, brand new merch is out there, ChristyComedy.com. And I appreciate all the, uh, all the love and support, folks. Have a good day, my Puerto Rican. God bless. God bless. God bless. By, oh, by the way, my daughter, we got my daughter into communion. She's doing communion. We just yes. Had to, we just had to grease the priest a little bit. Yes. As the Are You Garbage guy said last week, money talks, and baby, it did. And I and that's something I had to invest in, my daughter's communion. And there you yeah, go. It's, uh, it's good. That's why I've added a show in Buffalo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>